as we gather every Sunday an opportunity to continue to to grow in our trust of Jesus uh, as as we continue to learn our common language in Jesus um, prayer the place that we seek answers the place that we receive answers and of course receiving answers isn't really a hard thing. Getting answers isn't a hard thing. Uh, frequently, folks say, I've got a question for you. And I'll say, well, I've got an answer. I can't promise you it's correct or will help in any way. But I've got an answer. But as we come before God in prayer, a time that we are seeking, seeking answers, seeking His answers, and ready to receive answers that maybe we don't like, but we know that they're good because from whom they come. Our passage this morning as we've been walking through Luke and as we're now in the season of Lent and pointing closer and closer to the cross, um, we, we come to Luke uh, verse 18 or chapter 18, the, the, the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. And there, there are three words in here as we look at prayer that I, I want to... Uh, focus on, and it's, you'll see them as we go through, pray, justice, and lose heart, don't give up, pray, justice, and heart, let's pray together, gracious God, thank you for your written word, Uh, thank you as you speak to us of that which is true and good, and you give us answers that are real and eternal. Indeed, give us ears to hear from you this day. And, and lead us, spur us on to practice what will help us to grow in our trust of you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. Luke, uh, starting with Luke 18, verse 1 found on page 853 in your pew Bible. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while, he refused. But later, he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to His chosen ones who cry out to Him day and night? Will He delay long in helping them? I tell you, He will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
So, so the answers are in prayer and in justice and in perseverance and not losing heart and not giving up. If you still have your Bibles open, or if you would like to turn back to the... There's another time in Luke, Luke 11, that Jesus talks about prayer. Just a few pages back, uh, chapter 11. It's where he introduces the Lord's Prayer. And, and similarly, he calls for perseverance in prayer. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 9. A rather familiar passage to, to many. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, there are a number of parallels about prayer in these two passages. But, but one, I mean, and, and first notice in both of these parables, it's similar to last Sunday where, where God is using an unsavory character to teach a sweet truth in in. The passage we read today, he's using an unjust judge, one who does not have any fear for God and has no shame with anybody else. In other words, he has one thing that he lives for, and that's that which makes him happy. That's the picture of the judge. And in the passage we just looked at, Luke 11, he, he's using the parents who are incomplete, who are sinners, who are evil even, but who are able to give good things to their children uses both of those as a, a parallel to how God hears and responds to our requests to Him. Saying certainly if an unjust judge is able to give, and if a, a sinful parent is able to give good, certainly God is able to hear our requests and answer them. So by all means, he's saying pray. If there's one thing that we need to do is pray. Ask, seek, knock. Come begging, crying, asking. Come before God over and over again. The only wrong prayer is one that isn't spoken to God. There are no magic words. There are no secret techniques. We don't fool God. We don't pull the wool over God's eyes. God already knows what's in our heart, so we might as well go ahead and tell Him what's on our heart. God does not hear the words of our mouth. He hears the cries of our heart. So if that's what God already knows, we might as well go ahead and tell ourselves and stop trying to fool or pretend or pull the wool over God's eyes or, or think of God as sort of a divine vending machine or a divine slot machine if we just push the right buttons or we pull it enough times. You know, the, the answer of prayer is to be open and honest. Just let it all out before God. That's why he's saying, come on. Like a little child, like a little ch a selfish child before a father. Come to me. Ask, seek, knock. And of course God isn't going to give us what we ask for. Because we come to Him as selfish children. That, 
Welcome to the family. That's who we are. We, we are sinners. Jesus died for us not because we had a little bit of trouble, but it's because we are sinners. We are broken. And so we come before God not because we're good enough, but because Jesus is good enough. And He does the work in us. And so if we come, like my son will come, can I have Coke for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks? And I say, no, you cannot. And it's the most loving thing I can do to that request. And then say, here, drink water. It's the best thing for you. So when we come before God, how in the world do we think God's going to give us everything that we ask for when God sees the whole picture and we don't even barely see beyond our reach? Now, it's a mystery. And at times it's very painful and very troubling. We've all been in situations where it seemed to us that our requests were not from our own selfish desires. That they were for health and wholeness and what seemed to be good. But it is indeed a mystery and a recognition that God is God and we aren't. And so we keep asking though. And we keep laying before Him even the times we don't get what we think is right and good. And so we lay before Him the anger. We lay before Him the pain. Tell people all the, all the time, listen, get angry with God. The Bible's full of people getting angry with Him. God can handle it. Get angry, get upset, let it all out. That, that doesn't bother me in the least, and I don't think it bothers God at all. What I get troubled is when you give up. Is when we stop praying. That's why I say the only wrong prayer is to not pray. So pray. If there's one thing that Jesus is saying in this, but you want answers, ask. Seek, knock, let it go. Don't try to gussy it up. Don't try to pretty it up. Don't try to make it nice and neat. Just come before God. Honest and open. And you'll receive. But, but notice here, in, in both of these passages, uh, notice what you receive. In, in this passage, in the passage we looked at, Luke 18, did you, do you remember what she was asking for and what the unjust judge gave? Remember the word that was used? Go ahead, say it out loud. Justice. Wasn't, we'll give you what you want. We'll give you justice. Now this one's really extra credit. In Luke 11, do you remember what God said He would give to those that were asking? He said, ask, seek, knock. You know, you'll receive if... If, if, if an evil parent can give good gifts to its children, then God the Father will certainly give the Holy Spirit. See, God is the perfect giver because He gives not what we ask for, but He gives Himself. When we come before God, for whatever reason, whatever the request, even if it's Coke for breakfast, what God will give us is Himself. We will encounter the living God. We will encounter and be included in the, the, the divine rescue plan of the living God for all of creation. That's what justice is. 
God will give us Himself and include us in the wonders of His perfect plan. That's the answer that He gives. As we come before God in prayer, we will receive justice from Him. We will have our desires reformed according to His desires, according to His good and perfect plan. And we will participate in His rescue operation of the world. What God promises to give us in prayer is Himself and His justice. It's it's throughout the Scriptures that what God will do is do what is right and do what is loving and He will do what is good. God gives not what we ask for, but He gives Himself. He gives what the world needs when we ask. Jesus is really the best illustration of this. And we're coming up on that season where we are reminded, we read again, and we we celebrate, we are overwhelmed, we, we weep and we laugh in this season of Lent as Jesus is approaching the cross. I mean, as, as we enter into Holy Week and Jesus is beaten and betrayed, nailed to a cross, hung out to dry, hung out to die. Jesus knows that something like this is coming. And in the garden, He is doing exactly what the Father has told Him to do. Pray. Come before Me. And he says, Father... Take this cup from me. He he knew what was approaching. In the fullness of his humanity, it was going to hurt really bad. His body and his very soul at the beating and betrayal and being nailed to a cross. Take this cup from me. He, He wasn't trying to be nice. He wasn't trying to gussy it up. He was being open and honest with the Father. In the mystery of the Trinity, God the Son, God the Father. And we are privileged to hear and see what God the Son is doing. Take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And so the Father gives Him Himself. We're told then that angels are sent to strengthen Him. Because the work that Jesus is about to accomplish, the cross that He's about to bear, the beating and the betrayal, and the nails in His hands and His feet and the spear in His side are about to accomplish the ultimate rescue of the creation of the world. So when we pray... We are encountering the the rescue operation of the world that God is working out through us who are now the body of Christ today. So we pray openly and honestly and we receive justice. We receive God 
an encounter with Him and a participation in the rescue of the world. So that's why Jesus says, because that's what prayer is, because those are the answers you're receiving, don't give up. Don't lose heart. Went and found a a few images of, of not losing heart, not giving up. Great pictures for prayer. Just ones where where people are facing all kinds of odds against them, and yet they refuse to give up. They, They persevere, no matter how sheer the cliff, or how just barely they're holding on. Now these are pictures of prayer. These are pictures of of prayer of Jesus in the garden. These are the pictures that Jesus is giving of prayer for his disciples as as their leader is about to be, as they're about to fail him. And then they're going to see their leader crucified. And all that they've lived for, been, been living for, flash before them. But, but these pictures here are pictures of perseverance, maybe just by human will or ability, or even animal will or ability to just hold on, to, to pursue for your life. And, and this really isn't about perseverance for perseverance' sake. This isn't really about holding on just to to hold on. This is about holding on because what we're holding on to is eternally true. I mean, there are some things we need to let go of, like the horse and buggy. You know, I'm sure there was somebody who was holding on to the horse and buggy. They didn't need to because its time had come to an end. Other things need to give up on, like selfish ambition, adultery, pornography, cheating, lying. You don't need to persevere in those. Ran across a story about a, a Brazilian pilot in the late 80s who, as he took off from his airport in, in Brazil, just a little 60-minute flight, a little hour flight just up the um, uh, further north in Brazil, but he, he entered in the wrong coordinates and was actually in the, uh, going in the opposite direction of the little town that he was going to stop in. And uh, as he was circling around the Amazon, circling around huge forests, no city in sight, no place to land a plane in sight, he refused to admit his mistake. And he held on tight. He persevered all the way. The entire crew was telling him, you know, you need to turn around. We're going in the wrong direction. Obviously, this is wrong. And he held on for three hours until they ran out of gas and crashed in the middle of the forest, killing 13 people in the plane. Perseverance really doesn't give us any value if we're persevering for the wrong thing. What Jesus is saying Persevere. Hold on. Don't give up. Continue to come to the Father no matter what the concern, no matter what the need because we know He is true. We know that in the end He wins. We know that the betrayal and the beatings and the hanging by the nails and the hands and feet ended up 
with an empty tomb and the power of the resurrection. So perseverance is only as good, faith is only as good as the object of the faith. So he's saying pray. You want answers, keep praying. Because we know what the answer is. We know the one who is the answer. We know the one who will give the answer. So we can persevere in prayer, not on a wing and a prayer. Not by our own will, but we can persevere even if we're barely hanging on because we know the one who has the answers. And in our life of prayer, we have encountered him been transformed by Him and developed in our faith. One more story that I want to to share with you. It's from uh, World War II. It's uh, the... uh, Well, maybe I'll share it with you. Yes. It was the Normandy invasion. June 6th. This uh, story was shared in a special in 1994 on the 50th anniversary of the Allied invasion. And there were two different interviews. One interview was with a Marine who landed at Omaha Beach. And, And he was sharing just how horrific the sights he was seeing. And his crying out, the thoughts in his mind was, we've lost. We have lost this battle. We have lost this war. And then once they cut off from him, they go straight to an Army Air Corps reconnaissance pilot who was flying over the entire front. And he was seeing not only what was going on at Normandy, not only what was going on at Omaha Beach, but he was witnessing what the Marines were doing. He saw the penetration of the paratroopers. He saw the effectiveness of the aerial bombardment. He looked at everything that he could see of all the different battlegrounds. And as he saw the entire picture, he was filled with joy and cried out, We're going to win. As we pray, as we seek God, even with our most selfish concerns and desires, we are encountering not just a reconnaissance pilot, but the very creator and sustainer of the entire creation. And we are receiving answers from Him, saying, hold on, hang on, keep praying. Because with me, we will win. Justice will prevail.